is going on? Welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I'm him. And I am so excited. Like, I am literally coming off the cuff so hard right now. Because we're five episodes in. And five episodes in like, I don't know, what, 12 days? Not, not a bad start. And I just want to thank you guys all so much for tuning in and giving me feedback on the show and leaving leaving little things like reviews and ratings where possible on both <clears throat> Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and sharing the show on Instagram has been awesome. I love getting tagged in those. So, guys, thank you for doing that first off. And second of all, continue to do that. Uh, that would be awesome to help the show grow because legitimately, like, I, maybe maybe I'm getting super excited about this and it's really nothing to get excited about yet. But like, we're going to hit 400 listens tonight. And I'm just like, yo, 400 listens off those four episodes I have right now in just a week and a half. Thank you. That is an awesome gesture to me because quite honestly, I didn't know what to expect doing this. Just kind of jumping in and doing it has been a lot of fun. You know, I'm having a lot of fun having a creative outlet. Um, it's something I've denied myself for a very long time. And when you figure out whatever it is that like you can pour into, like guys pour into that. And if I'm being 100 with everybody, I have always had this aversion to doing a podcast. For some reason, I always thought that like, I wouldn't be good at it or because I didn't listen to enough of them that like, I wouldn't know what to do. And to be completely honest, like I work for a guy who's got an amazing podcast. Um, again, really F with Andy Frisella is my most listened to podcast. Other than that, a little bit of Joe Rogan, a uh, little bit of uh, Ben Shapiro, The Daily Wire. Yes, a rather political leaning podcast in there. Just going to acknowledge it. Um, but that's pretty much what I listen to with podcasts. Uh, Mark's podcast, uh, Coffee with Mark, is actually really, really good. Shout out to the homie there. But um, it, it's one of those things that like, I'm like, okay, well, this guy is doing the podcast. But I kind of want to tell a little story about like, how this podcast came to be, and how it's going to parlay into the theme of today's episode, which was, and it's funny, because he actually mentioned this on his podcast uh, a couple summers ago. But my first Monday morning meeting at First Form, back in those days, HQ was not quite as well, big or populated as it is now. Um, like I said, it was a couple cool warehouses with some front office buildings. And my first Monday morning meeting, they <laughs> they had people step up and do karaoke. Now, you may or may not know this about me. I fucking love doing karaoke. I like public speaking. Also going to parlay in today's uh, episode. And they're like, all right, so who are the new guys today? Actually, it was Sal who said it, so it was nothing like that. Uh, I, I can't really use that voice to describe Sal, <laughs> but they're like, we got a guy in the warehouse. Uh, we got Murph. He's like, all right, get your happy ass up here. <laughs> and immediately I was like, okay, dude, I got to make an impression here. So like, who are you? Where are you from? Like Murph born on South city. Um, you know, just moved back here from Springfield. Like, all right, what do you want to do? I'm like, you know, I just, I, I'd been there for like a week, week and a half. I'm like, uh, change the fucking world. Good enough. So, uh, you ready to do this thing? I'm like, yeah. Uh, what are my options? And so they're referring to karaoke. Um, and so Aaron Summers set it up and I'm like, Aaron, what are, what are my options? He's like, here, karaoke music videos. And I was like, that's lame. That's lame. That's lame. That's lame. That's lame. They were all like things you would hear at like a wedding. And I was like, I'm not seeing any of that shit. And then, then my, uh, my South city ass 
saw nothing but a G thing by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. I'm like, stop with that one. And he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, dude. And so the minute it started playing, like I remember Sal just being like, yeah. And the whole place lit up. And guys, this is the truth. I have no fear doing karaoke, acting in front of people, public speaking. I fucking love all of it. And so I just start ripping this song. I know every word. I'm not even using the lyrics down below and everybody's getting into it. People are tagging Snoop Dogg on Instagram. Andy's tagging me in his story. And it was so cool. It was so cool. And it was an awesome way for me to introduce myself to the company. And it's still one of my favorite memories because the anniversary of that is coming up real soon, end of this month. Um, And so with that, like once the meeting was over, once I did my bit, you know, I, 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 I grabbed Andy's attention for a minute and I was like, Hey man, look, I appreciate this. This is really cool. I'm, I'm loving it so far. Um, but you know, I've been in trouble with the law. I've fucked up a whole bunch. Like, is it possible for me really to carve out a lane here? And he goes, yeah. Like speaking of getting in trouble, you know, other people in this company have gotten in trouble. You should get to know them a little bit. He goes, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know yet. Quite honestly. I mean, I've only been here for about a week week and a half. Um, shit, something, something with like public speaking would be cool. He goes, okay, well, you got a phone, right? Like, yeah, he goes, you better start talking to your audience. So I did pretty much from that day forward. I talked to my story every single day. And then over the last three years, that audience has grown and grown a lot, not only with just working at first form, but also just because my connection on social media with so many awesome people has just gone through the roof, basically since that first day of advice, right after I gave karaoke. Now we find ourselves here today in 2022, about to celebrate my three years there. And I am now reaching the audience. I'm speaking while not publicly, it is podcast fashion. I'm continuing to communicate to my audience based off that one little piece of advice that Andy had. And it's it's carried me for a very long way. I mean, on my job all day, I'm on the phone, I'm talking to people on Zoom, talking to people, meetings, talking to people. Communication is a very big piece, not only of this podcast, guys, but also of my life and of the things I can say I actually have some kind of proclivity or talent for. And with this fifth episode today, I got to be honest with you, I, I, I had a few things that I wanted to talk about, but being as that it's the fifth episode and referencing back from a couple episodes ago, I really do have a liking for the numbers one, three, five, and 10. This being the number five, fifth episode, I thought it'd be kind of cool stemming from that first real piece of advice that Andy gave me. If I talked about the five things I've learned from Andy specifically. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this, quite honestly, is because a lot of people want to know what it's like working at first form and what it's like my average day whenever I'm there and between that and my home life, I suppose. While those are all interesting and I'd like to get into them, I think one of the things that could supersede that in terms of interest and also practical information that I can offer for you guys is that Andy's content was the thing that really catalyzed me getting out of my slump. And I referenced in episode one, that thousand days concept. Okay, I'm literally like a thousand days in, like right about fucking now, which is so cool. And to be honest, It's been being a fan of his while being a formal student these days, as well as an employee, that like I've learned so many different things. And when you go to my five inconveniences episode, episode three, that is absolutely so much due to his impact in my life. Um, 
And with that being said, you know, I, I'm not perfect. I don't do all these things to the tooth and nail. I, I try my best and I still have a lot of room to get better. But even that one little aspect right there is so part and parcel to all the things he has to teach. And both of his podcasts, his book, his program, I'm a student of all of those things. And as I get into these five things, guys, keep in mind, it was really fucking hard to pick these five things I've learned while essentially working for Andy. So let's jump into these guys. When when we think of my five biggest lessons that I've learned from Andy, this first one is honestly, it relates back to episode three that I've done, which is the five uh, most valuable inconveniences. And when you think about picking up trash, pushing in your chair, friggin' putting grocery cards back, using your turn signal, holding doors for people, that is literally because you do those things because they raise the standard of everything else. When you pay attention to little details, it is something that you find little flaws in everything that you do. And when you hear that, it's like, well, that sounds uncomfortable, just walking around being flawed all the time. But that's not what it's about. It's about saying that I can always do that little thing to get that slight edge to gain a little bit of an advantage in gaining leverage over myself. And that's because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Like if you are trying to get in shape, for example, if your nutrition isn't right, and you're going to the gym, and you're drinking water, and maybe even taking some supplements, if you're not getting the nutrition part right, then everything else you're doing is going to take a big step back. When you think about <clears throat> how you do one phone call, or how you answer one email, or how you do one set in the gym, if it's an optimal set, if it's the best you can give, then you want everything to be that way. You don't want to submit yourself to the law of average as well. I was kind of good this day. And I was really shitty this day, and I didn't even try this day. All right, we had one good day and four really shitty days. Why was it? Was it because everything you can't control, or was it because of the few things you actually can control? And when I talk about the few things you can control, you want to talk about someone who picks up trash. I've seen this man stop in the middle of a meeting and pick up the tiniest speck of paper, like the, the thing that the average person will miss. The thing that, quite frankly, I missed for a very long time until I really, really bought into the culture there, uh, probably about, you know, three to six months in. And now when I walk around, like not just like when I walk around at work, but like when I walk around in real life, I catch myself doing those things. I realize that every single time I raise the standard of the whereabouts around me, the public spaces that I go, the private spaces that I'm kind of like happy enough to visit. Um all those things I have an opportunity to make better. And every time I do something to make those things better, then I get to essentially deposit that. I get to say, hey, today I got a little bit better. I picked up more trash. I put away more grocery carts. I was friendlier to more people. All my phone calls, I could say something good about every single one of them to the highest caliber. And it's because I try to practice this as much as I can. I, I put this one first because I essentially have a whole episode dedicated to what this lesson has taught me. And when you give your best every single day, then even the rewards you get, the outcomes you get from it, those will be the best they could possibly be. Like, guys, we're not going to be able to control everything in life. It's, 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 it's a hopeless battle. But you can control you. You can control you and how you spend your time and how you spend your energy and how you choose to divide it up equally to each and every person who's going to receive it. Like, I don't cheat people on my content. I want you guys to know that if you ever meet me in person, if you haven't yet, every single thing I do on social media, 
every single thing I do on this podcast, you will get the exact same person in real life. I will not send you a piece of content that I have not done every bit the same that I do as me in real life. Like when you meet me in real life, guess what? Just like Cody said, I never shut the fuck up then either. I now have a platform where I am using the ability to never shut the fuck up because how I do one thing is how I do everything. So with that being said, guys, think about the next time you want to shortchange yourself, the next time you want to half-ass something. Because if you start half-assing yourself on one thing, what's next to go? If you're not actually keeping your house orderly, then what are you really doing outside of your house? If you're not doing all your work correctly, what does your life outside of work look like? If you aren't even just treating yourself right in terms of how you eat and how you hydrate and in terms of how you uh, choose to stay fit, then what else is suffering? No, you're not going to be perfect, but you got to give it your best shot. So lesson number two, the work is going to come before the belief. Oh, the amount of times I've had to learn this lesson. And I still learn this lesson every day and until today. Um, with multiple factors in my life. When I think about the work coming before the belief, this is something we learned from childhood, but it's never really phrased to us that way. And it's that we all want results with whatever it is you're going to invest in, whether you're building a business, whether you're building a brand, whether you are trying to get out of debt, whether you're trying to get in shape, whether you're trying to essentially do anything worth pursuing, you're going to have to work for a long time. And as long as it's relative going to seem to you, it's going to feel like the longest time before you see the inkling of anything that resembles a result. Honestly, when I think about this, I think about getting in shape. I think about my fitness journey, which memory serves. I was 225 pounds at five foot eight. Uh, I came from a diet of partying and mischief, and I had to work for a long time. And when I think about it, it was probably December until March, right around my birthday. And I wanted to essentially get down from about 225 to 173-ish pounds. I don't know why I was at 173, but it was. I just was like, hey, this sounds like a good number to get down to. So I had a lot of work to do. I had 52 pounds to lose. I got there. Like I legitimately got there. I got like within eight ounces of being there. I think I like lost 51.2 pounds specifically. It wasn't that overnight I looked like that. Like when you think about that, December to March, okay, that's 12 weeks. I probably started really seeing results, if I'm being honest, probably about eight weeks in, and I felt better. And I, I realized that like I was working my ass off just to go to the gym every day. I had to get over myself a little bit. I had to get over it. But when I really started seeing the results, dude, it was like so much easier to keep investing in. It was something that... I just knew I could keep doing, but it took a long time relative to how long I had been essentially investing in myself to even see what that could be. And this is why a lot of people quit is because we now live in an era of instant gratification. Everyone can essentially order off Amazon and it's there by the next day. You can get DoorDash and it's at your house in 15 to 20 minutes. You could, you could freaking order Jimmy John's 15 minutes or less pretty much my whole life, all that stuff, all that stuff, every movie you want online, you can stream it on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Everything is so easy to get these days. And that's why no one appreciates anything. And when you really have to bust your ass for something, when you really have to invest in something, like you're going to work for a long time before you feel good 
about where you're at. And then you're going to want more. And for all the things I still want to do with my time, my platform, my brand, my career, I got a long fucking way to go. And as a wise man once also said, in a short time to get there. But no one was banking on me but me. And it was a really long time before I felt like I was really in shape, like I really had gotten on top of my fitness. And about the time I felt like I got on top of it, it was time for me to leave Springfield. And then I left Springfield and I came back to St. Louis. And now that I'm about three years in at first form, it feels like a really, really long time until I've reached like a, a position where I feel not, this is one, this one's really hard to describe, honestly, like three years in, I just feel like I've, I've gone through the calendar enough times to, 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 to know a thing or two, to not feel so ignorant. And don't get me wrong, like I have amazing leadership. I have amazing people who invest in me. My ability to comprehend it and execute on those things is completely, you know, relative to just myself. And there are some lessons that I've been hearing from not just Andy, but everyone who helps me and everyone who leads me at first form, from Sal to Aaron to Cody to Will to anyone that now just feel like they're clicking, like that three years to get it to click. That was that was something special. And I, I love the fact that I'm doing this specific podcast around this time of year. Or yeah, this time of year, because it's my three year. Sorry. Just getting back to it, guys. You're gonna have to bust your ass for a long time. I would I would like to talk about like the 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 story that Andy has to tell. It's better if you listen to his podcast yourself. But just remember, I was a customer of his original supplement superstores, and that was in Springfield, Missouri. That place opened in 1999. First form didn't start until 2009. I became a customer in like 2016. And now I work for First Form, and it's 2022. And to believe that I was studying English almost four years ago, it's weird how we get here. It's weird getting out of trouble. It is a huge trip working your ass off and for the longest time not seeing any results. But as you move that needle forward, as you continue to chip away at whatever the project is that's in front of you, keep in mind the results will come. But a fuck ton of work is going to come before that. So moving into segment number three, lesson number three. This one is actually something I've been hearing a lot lately. And it's something I try to embody more and more actually with creating this platform, which is don't look around for leaders. It's you. The world needs leaders. It's you is probably a little bit more appropriate. And this is this is so true, guys. When you look at how people get paid in real life, there's really two professions that make the most money. That's sales and leadership. And when you think about leadership, it's not the same thing as being a boss. Like a lot of people can boss other people around. They really get maybe on their high horse. They really like to you know bark orders at folks. They think they're just quote in charge. But the thing about being a leader is you serve with your team. The cool thing is, is that like Andy has never been scared to get down and do the work with us. Because everything we do in a daily job, him and Sal and those guys that started First Form, they've already done that stuff. And they're still willing to give us tips and pointers on it. But the thing is with leadership, it says to your team, I'm in this with you. And if we succeed, that's because of you guys. And if we fail, it's because of me. The thing about leadership is the, the tip of the spear is going to get the bloodiest. Another euphemism that I've really picked up in the last few years. And honestly, when I think about going into work and being able to approach leadership, 
the, the truth is, is that when you think about being a leader, it doesn't mean you have to immediately command a whole lot of respect or have people fear you. There's, there's a big difference there, everybody. But when we get down to the nitty gritty, who do you look to for advice? Who do you look to to help you get better? Who's done the things that you signed on to the same mission to do? When you think about stop looking around for leaders, it's you. It's going back to even that episode three. It's not about just pushing in your chair. It's not about just putting away your grocery cart. It's not about just cleaning up after yourself or cleaning up after other people. It's about saying, if you want to be valuable, if you want to move forward in life, you got to be good at fixing problems. And if you get good at fixing problems, then other people will essentially follow you to learn how you fix problems. And then you can educate them and you can fix a whole bunch of fucking problems together. And when you're all fixing a whole bunch of problems together, that's a whole lot of value in one place. And it's all because someone took charge. It's all because someone goes first. A big reason why people never get started on anything is that they're scared to just lead themselves. Go back to looking at episode four, being unapologetic. Being unapologetic is saying what you mean and meaning what you say and standing by them. The other day, you know, friggin' I got called a fascist for a comment I left somewhere. Do you think I deleted it? Do you think I was like, oh no, forgive me. Fuck no. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you don't like me. That's your opinion. Your opinion to me is none of my business. So when I lead myself by that example, other people want to know how I do it. And when you tell people on the internet to fuck off, to stop trying to censor me, to stop trying to make me doubt myself for trying to get your other cohorts together and what, bully me, cyber bully me, fuck you. More importantly than anything else, if you see a problem that needs fixing, fix that problem. If you see a way that you can help someone get better, offer to help them. If people look to you for guidance and wisdom and what is the next move? If you're that guy when chips are down and they're like, hey, they're all looking at you. Guess what? Do it. I have a, this is probably the one, honestly, guys, I struggle with most. This is probably the thing I struggle with most is leading people. You know, I, I, I very much lead by example. I very much want people to believe that when they look at me, you can live a fit, healthy, active lifestyle. You can speak from the heart and not be self-conscious about it, or at least self-conscious enough to like retract what you say and walk back what you do. And on top of that, like, I want you guys to think like, when you see my example that I set, you know, one of the most endearing comments I've got from someone recently was a video message that someone sent me. And he's like, dude, I want to build something so big because I've just seen what you've done with the podcast. And he had a lot of really great, really awesome things to say. And homie, I appreciate you. I know you're listening. And with that, like that's leadership though, just because you're not directly telling somebody, Hey, this is what you need to go do for this reason, that reason. If we don't, this happens. It's when you go out and do it at first. Yeah. People doubt you, but you got a few people that are really looking at you saying, dude, show me the way. Even if you're not directly talking to me, show me the fucking way. Lead those people. It's one of the most valuable things you can do. So this one is also pretty, it's pretty relevant to modern times. Um, and it's undoubtedly true. And I'd love to believe that I'm a testament of it, but it's that lesson number four, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. When I talk about being unapologetic, this is part and parcel. What I mean is that if you know, you're doing everything you can with what you got, if you know, you're kicking ass, if you're making people's lives better, if you're enjoying a good quality of life, if you're educating yourself, if you're offering value, if you're proud to be an individual, 
I'm sorry to tell you that there are forces at work that are going to try to douse your flames. Yeah, shine bright like a diamond, all that shit. Whatever the euphemism is you want to use, there are people who want to extinguish you. And they want to essentially make society a big pile of smoldering ash. They want us all to be automatons. They want us all to be the exact same thing, a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Literally the worst nightmare for someone like me who craves individuality, who craves his flaws. And when I really, really think about why this podcast, I think it's connecting with people, is because I have a goal from the minute I get on this mic to be personally excellent, to again, not shortchange you, to treat it like we're on a phone call together and I'm working right now. Even my friends who listen to this podcast are like, dude, I just, like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and I'm like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is the thing that brings me joy. And I am dedicated to doing it to the best of my ability. Now, keep in mind, personal excellence is not perfection. Finding flaws and fine-tuning them is part of it. But when you think about being personally excellent, what is it you're really going to be personally excellent in? Is it going to be your job? Is it going to be being a family man or a family woman or you know whatever? A good parent to your kid, a good parent to your dog. Is it keeping a better house? Is it being better with finances? Is it reading more books? Is it taking more classes? Whatever the fuck it is, quite, ans- quite honestly, the answer is all of the above. To be personally excellent is also about saying how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's that it says, when I pay attention to the top 20% of what it is that's going to move me forward, that's going to be the dial that moves everything forward. And it's because I'm going to consciously choose to be great in all these areas. And guys, Vibrating at a high frequency like that is hard. It is tough. The average person burns out because they're doing it for the wrong reasons. But when you chase personal excellence, whether it's because you're passionate about something or because you know how you do one thing is how you do everything, it's going to be an amazing practice in terms of you surprising yourself and carving a path to what you really want. I'm not great at very many things, see sports. But you know what I am pretty good at? I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at commentary. I'm good at talking about pop culture. I'm good at public speaking. I'm good at podcasting, as I'm told. I don't know. I don't really have a big head about it yet. But because I'm good at those things, I work hard to get the most out of that slight edge concept again. And the things I'm not so good at, I work on those too. And as much as I want to improve my weaknesses and absolutely everything I'm weak at, look, I'm focused on being personally excellent. I'll get there. I don't need to be there tomorrow. I just need to keep working, put one foot in front of the other. And I have to understand that 1% better. It's not your 1% today and then 2% tomorrow. No, if it's 1% by the day, if today I'm 1%, tomorrow I'm 1% plus 1% of 1%. So like 1.001, I think that's the right math. I studied English. Don't come at me. Don't add me for my math abilities, for my times tables and all that shit. English majors don't count. We spell. (laughs) And so with this last one, y'all, what I really wanted to talk about is a very simple concept. And it's one I think we often take for granted. And essentially, it's the whole foundation of what we do at First Form. (laughs) And I'm going to add a little bit to it. but. It's essentially when in doubt, do the right thing, especially when it's hard. In our culture, we talk about doing the right thing. If you work in sales, 
just do the right thing. If you work in customer service, just do the right thing. If you work washing windows, do the right thing. If you can help somebody, do the right thing. If you can make a hard decision, do the right thing. And to be honest, the right thing is often not the easy thing. The right thing is usually the thing that's going to take the most time and the most attention and the most effort to get a great result out of. And when I think about all the different ways that I've experienced this, not only being a student of Andy's, but really being a formal member of the First Form community, when you get a whole bunch of people together who just instinctively do the right thing, hold the door for people, say, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you. Shake your hand. You know, treat the CEO and the janitor the exact same. When you get a whole bunch of people on that wavelength and they're all focused on doing the right thing, that's something that can take a group of people and turn them into a community and that community into a culture. And that culture is a force for good that spreads like wildfire. And doing the right thing starts by doing the right thing with you. It means making the hard decisions. It means prioritizing what you have to do first so you're free what you want to do later. Doing the right thing is finding causes bigger than yourself that you're actually invested into, not that you're circumstantially falling into because our government doesn't know how to handle money. And yes, I made that statement and no, I'm not going to take it back because a lot of people act high and mighty about the kind of conditions that our country's in right now and you really shouldn't. It pisses me off if I'm being frank with you. But that's not the point. The point is, if you want to get the right things out of life, if you want to spend time with the right people, and if you ultimately want to be the right version of yourself, you have to be focused on doing the right thing. The right thing is not the lazy thing. The right thing is not the convenient thing. The right thing is the thing you know you're not doing that's going to get you on track, that's going to get you on your shit. And once you have that figured out, you just got to keep doing it. And you got to build a routine out of it. And then you got to build habits out of it and lifestyles out of it. And I don't know if I could speak on anyone right now in my life who has done a better job, not only building a lifestyle out of it, but this man has literally helped. I don't know how many people, including my damn self, create a lifestyle out of doing the right thing. And to tell you the truth, I, I, I sometimes can't believe how simple those five different lessons are right there that I just recited to you guys. We all want to act like there's some big secret to getting what we want out of life, but there's not. It's the simple lessons you learn about right and wrong, doing the right thing, making whether that's, you know, making the way you do anything, the way you do your best thing, whether that's understanding that you're going to work really fucking hard before you truly believe in whatever it is you're doing or why it is you're doing it. It's it's understanding that you can lead people and you don't have to formally be in front of them. You don't have to look for leaders. You can just be a leader, one good decision at a time, one good little change in the world at a time. And it's being the best version of yourself, that personal excellence and rebelling against every single person who seeks to keep you fucking mediocre. But finally, it is doing the right thing, guys. These are all basic premises, basic little statements that if you just act them out, you'll be feeling as great about your life as I do about mine right now. I love where I go to work. I love who I work for. I love our purpose. I love what's in store for us. I love the fact that I'm only about a thousand days in and I don't know how many more thousands I got because again, they're going to have to fire me or kill me. I will say it time and time and time again. And I, I know it's the right thing to be telling you guys this. Like to tell you the truth, there are no secrets. There are no secrets. 
You know what it is you have to do. And I hope that I really speak from the heart and you really feel it with purpose when I say, this is me doing the right thing. Talking to you, my audience, my friends, my followers, my listeners, thank you all so much. Like, there is nothing more that I want to do than what we're doing now. My job, my friends and family. I got some other cool announcements I can't tell you about right now, but they are coming and they are cool. Um, It's a really amazing time to be alive. But you got to make it amazing. Oh, that, that sigh. We're getting towards the end. Well, everyone, you know, I'm not going to do my spiel that I've done for the last four episodes. Because again, if you're still listening after those four, you know why you're here. Um, I would like to, again, say thank you for all the love the show has been getting. Um, once you're done listening, again, once you've actually like gotten the value out of the content, uh, please leave me a review, leave me a rating, uh, show some love on IG, tag me. I love sharing these so much. Um, and no matter what, guys, I, I want you to think about when you leave this, all the things that Andy's taught me, all the things I've learned being a formal part of the culture that he's created. You don't have to be me or him or anyone who works at HQ to create those own results in your life. Like you can do it. It's going to be hard. But if I can do it, you can fucking do it. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to do the next episode and I'm out.